Three NFC teams overachieved in 2022. How are they attacking this offseason? Are they being realistic? We're examining the direction of the Vikings, Giants, and Seahawks today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dude, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are here for you daily to discuss team building across the NFL on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. This episode of Locked On is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Joseph, I, we usually do these like sidebars off the top, but uh, we're trying to be sensitive. You know, we're running a little tighter ship here with trying to stay on 30-minute schedules and whatnot. But um, I would ask you what your favorite car you ever had was. Oh, wow. That I personally owned? Yeah. Obviously, it would be a Nissan Aria if we had a Nissan Aria, Clearly, but we haven't got yeah. there yet. And that's only because I don't have the the electric vehicle plug in the garage yet. Kyle, I've just had normal cars, man. Started with the Saturn, went to like a <laughs> a, like a, an Elantra, a Camry. You know, those those are my... You're the Toyota one that's Camry. had the, the Mustangs and cool cars, so I'll, I'll flip that right back on I you. I like man. the Volvo. I'm going to be honest. I, I got a Volvo S80 right now, and it's a luxury sedan a lot of safety features they get on my nerves because they can't paint the line straight here in delaware so it Mm. thinks i'm leaving the lanes when i'm just really driving down the center of the road but uh like it's uh riding in comfort i i think it is where it's at and i didn't always used to think that it used to just be sitting your your little cockpit and push the gas pedal down and you go really fast and get up to top speed but uh yeah, I'll take the Volvo over anything else that I've had. I have had Subaru Outback station wagons and uh, mm. Chevy Cavaliers, too. So I've had some some dingers along the way, but I, I'm really feeling this Volvo I got right now. I seem to remember a Dodge Dart the first time I yeah. rode in a car that was yeah. yours. Yeah, went to the Mustang. That's my first now we're new in a car Volvo. purchase. Yeah. Um, all right. So some purchases in the NFL going on right there, now. There's too. been plenty Ooh, of purchases. And what's fun about our conversation today is – it kind of builds off of what we talked about yesterday with this NFC, this landscape. And we had some teams last year overachieve. And no matter what you thought about the Giants, the Vikings, or Seahawks, we have to be honest. They all overachieved last year, which sets for some interesting dynamics for the path forward, especially from the Giants and Vikings perspective, because it's a new head coach, new general manager last year. And so how do they build off of that? And so I'm anxious to... Share my thoughts today on the podcast. We'll start with the Giants here um, as we consider the moves that they made this offseason and the direction of those franchises. Kyle, the floor is yours to start this Giants conversation. Sure. Well, you think about getting Daniel Jones under contract for $40 million per season. You think about using the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. You think about trading the 100th overall pick for Darren Waller and Four years, $40 million for Bobby Okereke at linebacker. Now, I love the addition of Bobby Okereke at linebacker. I think probably if I would have guessed which one of the free agent linebackers would have got $10 million per, it probably would not have been Bobby. But um, 
you like the fit, you like the style of player. Um, I think the thing that's challenging for me as I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm looking across the Giants and their transactions is this was a lot of taking care of their own guys mm-hmm. and then introducing Darren Waller and Bobby O'Karake to the big. So, okay, you got an impact player on both sides of the ball. They weren't cheap. I think your trade compensation for Darren Waller was cheap for 100 overall. But that's a $17 million a year average salary that you've now brought on board. So I think the thing that's that's challenging is when you look at the money that the Giants have spent relative to how much actually tangibly better you think they got, you probably feel pretty good about the defense because you felt like the linebackers was the glooming, uh, the, the looming glaring need. But on the offensive side of the ball, the interior offensive line was woeful. I don't think we've had any improvements there. Evan Neal was not particularly good as a rookie. You're obviously banking on him getting better. Uh, now, what have you done at wide receiver? Like, are we excited about Paris Campbell being the the addition to the the pass catching room other than Darren Waller? Like, I just feel like they, they, there's a lot of continued improvement that's needed relative to the money that's been spent. Here's how I look at it, Kyle. I mean, the Giants nine seven and one last year first season with Joe Shane and Brian Dable. Mm-hmm. They won a playoff game, right? Didn't see that coming for them. They overachieved. And I'll be honest with you, I am not like a huge Daniel Jones hater. That's not who I am. I like it's not Daniel his fault. Jones. I, I do. I, I like him within reason. Yep. It's not his fault that he was the number six. Eight? Is it six, six seven, eight, six. something like that, pick in the draft. Six. And, and surely he had his best season last year. And I'd even go as far as to say – that it was one of the best five seasons in the history of the New York Giants for a quarterback. That might sound crazy, but look it up. Yeah, it's, just go look at the individual breakdown. It, it's not crazy. I get it. And when you look across the Jets and the Giants, quarterback play has been hard to find, and you start to ask yourself questions about the media market and just how hard it is to develop within the stress that's put on you from playing in that market. But I think this was an overcommitment to Daniel Jones. Four years, $160 million. And when you look at the structure of the contract, it's at least two years, Kyle, and I would say three years probably. Are you really going to eat $18 million? If he's bad enough, then you will. But this is at least a three-year commitment. And where that could really work out for the Giants is if they're right. And he'll never be as cheap, and you'll want to keep him, right? Those two things together, cheap and you want to keep him more than he is coming out of last season. Because if he replicates it and even gets better, the price tag goes up. And so I give Joe Shane, Brian Dable credit for that. And they even did a similar thing with Josh Allen in Buffalo where he had the one good season, paid him. It's our guy, right? If he's your guy, he's your guy. You commit, you move forward. And clearly that's what they thought. But for me, I would still want to see more. I would want to have a larger sample size and even a better sample size before I'm giving him $40 million a season. And what bothers me is the path to do it was there. You could have put the franchise tag on him and gained time to get more information and then figured it out for there. To me, the peace of mind that I would get with another season before committing long-term would be worth potentially having to pay more. And the franchise and so that's tag why total I get hung was, up on this. was what? For quarterback? For the quarterbacks? 33? And it's one year. 
So I guess this becomes... What's your long-term outlook on Saquon Barkley? Right? Because that, w- that was the other part of this decision. You can only tag one. Right. You can only tag one guy, and the guy that they... Y- you heard in the whole build-up on the negotiations, they're going to tag Jones unless they get a deal done, and then they'll want to use the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. Would it have been easier to just get a deal done with Saquon Barkley? And then franchise tag Daniel Jones? Yes, but I will acknowledge that that's not easy, right? You're still committing to a running back, and we've we've seen a lot of... Saquon's not been without his own injuries and questions right. the last couple of years as well. What, what are the success stories out there of paying running backs in the NFL? Derrick Henry. And what happened there is they've overcommitted to that being their catalyst and kind of trended away from what was actually winning in the NFL, and they never got over the hump. Part of that's due to John Robinson. One day we can have a John Robinson conversation because I don't feel like he made the moves necessary to get them over the hump. But I, I, th- I think that's what it comes back to for me. It feels like an overcommitment to Daniel Jones. But if they're right, then this is going to be a great value contract. So now, now it becomes what else can you get accomplished this offseason? Because the, oh. obviously you've made a long-term commitment, so you'll you'll have time to build around Daniel Jones for a couple of seasons. But for as good as, and I thought Daniel Jones executed the, the confines of that offense very, very well, in spite of the fact that nobody could win anything consistently on the perimeter. So what else can you get on your interior offensive line to get better play up front in front of them? And what other pass catchers can you get in the room to improve the group? knowing full well that you re-signed Sterling Shepard and you've got Wendell Robinson, who's not a big-body guy. And and there's, like, you got to have a lot more in the way of both difference makers and depth. I wonder, Kyle, how much or how satisfied they just are with their pass catchers right now. I mean, for as much as you can look at it and say, well, I don't really like this, are we sure they think the same way with what Isaiah Hodgins showed in 10 games last year? That's not a possible outcome. Wandell Robinson, a player they traded up, picked high in the draft last year. They brought back Sterling Shepard. They brought back Darius Slayton. They traded for Darren Waller. I think there's a world where they might be fairly satisfied. I mean, maybe they'll add another guy in the first three rounds of the draft, but I'm not convinced a major addition's coming here at wide receiver. We'll see. We'll see how they... um, The same Darren Waller who's played in 20 games over the last two seasons? Listen... It's not without title. concern. That, it's not that, without concern. I'm just he's your your great panacea for all that ails your passing offense. Well, to me, the interior offensive line is more glaring. Oh, it's it's you need probably three three starters in there. <laughs> I mean, you, they probably would like to think that Josh Izayudu as a third round pick last year can sure. be one of them, but yeah. that's still a lottery ticket. You're counting on growth from Evan Neal, who really struggled. Who is your center? Ben Bredesen right now. Feliciano, do you want to bring him back? He stinks. Mark Lewinsky? I mean, he could yeah, they, probably they need be three your starters fifth guy. On the inside. They need three starters. And what's hard is, like, that market wasn't great to begin with. No. No. They're still well, they sitting gotta, out here looking at uh, who we waiting on. We're waiting on, like, Dalton Risner and... Siamalu. Isaac Siamalu. Yeah, those are your big-ticket guys left. You want to spend, go, go, go get both of those guys. Then draft John Michael Schmitz in the first round. Yeah, fix it. Then we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll change our tune real quick for any 
angry Giants fans is for pertaining to the discussion here on the Giants hey, listen, offense. I'm rooting for the Giants. I'm just a little nervous about some of the commitments we've made. I like the new <laughs> players they've added, but I think what they did with Barkley and Jones is not necessarily the way I would have attacked it. Kyle Bilpar. What's really I, I fun? I attack Bilt Bar every time, every chance every, I get. Every, I've already attacked the Bilt Bar this morning, not going to lie. Uh, what's fun about Bilt Bar, the best-tasting protein bars on the planet, but right now the Bilt March mm. Madness bracket is yeah. here. we got to know what your favorite bar or puff is. Now is the time to make it count. Go to BiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. I'm voting for the brownie batter puffs. Kyle, do you have a – what's your favorite right if now? If it's a puff, I'm voting for it over the bars. Yeah, puffs over bars. We, we, we feel that way, so – uh, support your favorite, support your favorite bar or puff. Head on over to BuiltMarchMadness.com, and when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you're going to be entered into a drawing drawing where 50 lucky Lockdown listeners are going to win a free box of Built. But not only that, one Lockdown fan will get a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. If you haven't tried Built Bar, what are you waiting for? They're the best protein bars on the planet, they're healthy. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, tons of protein, low calorie, low sugar. So check them out. And, of course, run on over to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. Quick clerical note. You know I mentioned the uh, Darren Waller 17 APY. That was the uh, original contract. The Giants this year are looking at somewhere around 12 to 13 million dollar cap hit per season so just before we get the tweet right mm. I mean, you know the tweet would come especially talk about the giants the other thing joe before we get into the minnesota vikings that i just want everyone to be aware of is anytime you travel you have no less than 10 built bars in your bag no brother you set the over under real low i usually get about I, two boxes in there yeah i've seen because i know i got to give them out I'm going to give you a few, you, you know, you're, you're, you are the built bar Santa Claus when we go on trips. Yeah. <laughs> I usually get to about the third day and I'm like, Hey, can I get one of those built bars? <laughs> it's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for it. They're there for you, man. Just right. say it. Just right. Toss yeah. you one, man. Minnesota right. Vikings. Minnesota. Are you going to do the thing? No, I'm not going to sing the, the right. new man on the Minnesota Vikings song. No, I'm not going to do it. Good. For that, we are not thankful. going to. So quit asking. The Vikings 13 and 4 in year 1 under That's head coach Kevin O'Connell, GM Quessy. I'm going to struggle with the Quessy. last name. Quessy. Quessy. Yeah. Quessy. Um here's what I like about them. They overachieved in a big way and they had a good record. 13 and 4, right? It's hard to be 13 and 4 and have so many things go your way like the Vikings did last year, but that's that's what happened, right? I mean, this team could very easily have won half the games that they won. Uh, but to their credit they did, and that says a lot. What I like about what's happening here with the Minnesota Viking is, Vikings is that there is a vision. And you can tell that they're not panicking and feeling like they have to match and improve upon 13-4 and four from last year. Look at what they've done, Kyle. They've moved on from Adam Thielen. They moved on from Eric Kendricks. They cut Cam Dantzler. And Cam Dantzler is a young player, third-round pick fairly recently. But obviously, they've spent a year with him and said, you know what, don't feel like he's really the, the guy that we want to, to move forward with is one of our young pillars and moved on, right? Like you, you have to be able to survey the situation and realize what's best for the Minnesota Vikings. And it sounds like they've done that and moved on from him. I, I can appreciate that. They did not resign Patrick Peterson, let him move on. They didn't resign Dalvin Tomlinson. They let him move on. And I think it's a great pickup for the Browns, but from the Vikings perspective, I totally understand it. 
Meanwhile, the additions that they've made have been upside pickups in a Byron Murphy, still a young player. Marcus Davenport, not his biggest fan, but a one-year deal, and that could prov- provide some significant upside if he is able to stay healthy and, and play to his capabilities. Josh Oliver, another young player. A relatively low-cost ex- low cost extensions for Garrett Bradbury and Alexander Madison. So when I consider what's going on here, I think there, there is a very honest approach about who they are, where they're going, and they're staying the course, right? That's what I feel like is happening with the Vikings that I can appreciate. You didn't overreact to year one that was honestly fluky, and you're staying the course with the vision that you signed up for when you pitched it to ownership to get these jobs, and you're the plan that you believe in. And I feel like that's happening with the Minnesota Vikings. You heard Joe Shane after the Daniel Jones deal say, if you would have told me a year ago that this is the spot we'd be in, I would not have expected to be in this spot, right? You can tell he's admitted that there's been a change in the vision. And, of course, there's new information. And certainly that year with Daniel Jones gave him enough information to give him the contract that they did. But they're off course a little bit. I don't feel the same way about the Vikings. I feel like they're on course with their plan. So here's what you mentioned. You just kind of look at some of the ages of the players. Thielen, 33. Patrick Peterson, 33. Eric Hendricks, 31. Dalvin Tomlinson's 29. You look at the players that were brought in. Marcus Davenport, 27. Byron Murphy, 25. Josh Oliver, 26. And those are kind of the big the big signings that they've made. And Irv Smith, who's who's going to get replaced by Josh Oliver, is, is also a younger player, but there's been some durability questions there. And yeah. Josh Oliver's a more dynamic athlete. So... Uh, you, you certainly see the kind of reshuffling of the deck. And look, if you would have told me you can exchange Pat Pete at 33 for Byron Murphy at 25, eight-year difference for one less than $2 million in their average salary, I'd say you did pretty good yep. for yourself. So I, I think for, for Minnesota, obviously there's this this transitional – period and it's kind of awkward because 13 wins it should be even more easy to buy into well this is we're close right like we gotta go but I think if you look at some of the circumstances of recovering a fumble on the one yard line in the final minute of the game for a team trying to run out the clock on you right and I'm not I'm not hitting you with that as a, oh, that a snarky comment to go to overtime right <laughs> this is like how many Brother. times in the history of football has that happened quarterback sneak to get out of the end zone and milk the clock and he fumbles the ball and they recovered for a touchdown to force overtime. Not to mention the fourth bound conversion. Right. One of the most outrageous catches of the season. In like a a 10 minute clock of like (laughs) real time too. (laughs) Not even, not even like start a game, end a game. It's just like just a crazy sequence, but that was like their whole year. We we joke that they were like purple cockroaches, right? You like, you just can't kill this team. And that wasn't an insult. Some people took that as an insult. Right, they took like that as was, a bad thing. And it's like, no, it was like, this, resiliency. like this magnificent, glorious team that you just can't kill no matter what until you got to the playoffs, right? Yeah. So for, for Minnesota, I agree with you wholeheartedly as far as the the honest approach of getting younger, stripping down salaries. They reworked Harrison Smith, right? Yeah. yeah. Now Harrison Smith can still go. So can Adam Thielen, so can Eric Kendricks. But Harrison Smith, I, I think, what do you think the reason is that Harrison Smith was spared a different fate 
yeah. than some of the other vets that have been there for, for previous regimes. So it's a good question. It's something that I've thought about as I prepared for this conversation today. Um, I think for Minnesota, it's good that he came back for less. And, and I feel like anything that I would say positive about Harrison Smith, I would not want to be misconstrued as a negative towards a guy like Adam Thielen or a guy like right. Eric, Eric Kendricks, Andrews. right? Like those are all been pillars of their franchise, great players, great community people. Um, but I do look at like Lewis seen coming back uh, for their first round pick last year at safety, like the impact that a Harrison Smith can have there that, you know, maybe through the injuries, you didn't quite get that transitional opportunity like you did with like a Brian Asamoah with Eric Kendricks at linebacker. And maybe that's the plan for the replacement. Um, I think those have been all good players and, and, you know, maybe for Harrison Smith, it was the money piece of it as well. That really made the most sense for them to kind of continue the course there. Well, and you, you also think about spending two dollars and spending and having Lewis seen on a rookie contract as compared to what you're getting ready to pay Justin Jefferson when it's all said and done. Ooh. Right. So, that, I mean, that that's a whole other oh. conversation about. Man, you're getting my head strat- spinning, brother. Is that going to be 35? Uh, you want to you want to put a number on that now? No but I want to think about it and then give you a Come number, on, but dude, just, it's going to be a lot. It's, it's not going to be a built bar bet. Like right now, we, but just okay. like if, if you had a number right now, I have a number in my head. What's Tyre is Tyreek. Devonte Adams is number one, right? Tyreek is 30. And, and Devontae's a little more. I don't believe so. Okay. I, it's 33. It's gotta be at least 33. I was going to say 32 and a half. Okay. Well, I'll take the over. I'll take the over on over 32, on 32 and, and a half. Okay. It's going to be expensive. We're, and it'll be we're worth going to it, bet man. he's the number one wide receiver here. Oh, there's no question. There's no question about that. There's no question. Hey, with, with wide receiver spending being what it is, how long of a contract would you sign Justin Jefferson to? Oh, as long as I can. Eight years, maybe. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> you see this guy play? Given the, Patrick, Mahom- given the Patrick Mahomes contract structure yeah. where it's just roster oh, bonus yeah. rolls over year over year over yeah. year. Getting the, the the It's exactly it. The Patrick Mahomes Wide receiver contract is what Justin Jefferson should get. That guy's special, man. He's as special football player as, as there is in the league, man. Right there with the, the Trent Williams type players, the Aaron Donald when he's committed, man. He's special. So I'm glad we had a chance to talk about a bet here on the show, Joe. Yeah, because uh, you can do that. Mm, and especially, that. you know, look, look, the NBA season, we're at the mm. midway point. It's here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. There you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back. When you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Seattle Seahawks time, Joe. Um, another quarterback contract given out. This one is probably one that we'll view a little bit more favorably than the Daniel Jones deal. Yep. Uh, I think that's probably a safe assumption, given that there's – what? I'm – the dudes are going to do math here on oh the boy. show. This is dangerous. Never it's good. less than a third of the guaranteed money that Daniel Jones got. No. He yes, got three that years, is, that is 75. Fact, that is a factual statement. He got $27.3 million in guarantees. Yep. So it's less than a third. I did do that correctly. 
So <sighs> collective exhale. Um, their big free agent signing is Draymond Jones. Yep. Who got 17 plus per season in the midst of the uh, renaissance of interior defensive line contracts in the NFL, which we are currently seeing bloom across the league. Uh, I, I think what, what pops to me is the only young starter that they have definitively lost at this point is Cody Barton, linebacker, signed with the Commanders. Uh, kind of a domino effect of linebackers with uh, one of Washington's linebackers signing in Pittsburgh. and So, so Barton goes to, to Washington to play Mike Linebacker. A lot of these guys are still on the table if they want them. And I even look at Draymond Jones, and in the same light of what we just got done talking about for the Vikings swapping out Pat Pete for Byron Murphy, you got six years younger with that defensive line spot of Shelby Harris to Draymond Jones. Mm-hmm. Now, you you paid paid almost 2x the dollars, but you got six years younger on a player that played about 10% more of the snaps last year. Can you think of a more Seattle free agent class than Draymond Jones, Jerron Reed, and Devin Bush? I mean, <laughs> no, it's just, it's their guys, man. They got a type, and they get them. Well, they one did. of the things so, so that that linebacker carousel came full circle. Yeah, Devin yeah. Bush went from Pittsburgh to Seattle. Cody Barton went from Seattle to Washington, and Cole Holcomb went from Washington to Pittsburgh. And so didn't, just, did Pittsburgh tra- trade up with Seattle to get Devin Bush and then he moved back oh, and got Noah Fant? Don't, don't do that. Wait, did that happen? I'm pretty no, sure it was Denver. Happened. It was Denver. Denver got Noah Fant. Yeah, yeah they, okay, because uh, he's so been trading. Crisis teams. averted. All right. Yeah. All right, yeah. One of the big talking points that I had going into the offseason for the Seattle Seahawks was don't overcommit to Geno Smith. And once we've had a chance to see the contract structure, I can say that the Seattle Seahawks did not overcommit to Geno Smith. In fact, they can get out after one season if they really want to, and for sure after two. And what this maintains for Seattle is the opportunity to take advantage of owning the number five pick in the draft that they didn't earn, right? They didn't. They weren't bad enough to have the number five pick. They were nine and eight, went to the playoffs. This is courtesy of the Denver Broncos. And if you want to participate in this quarterback class, you can. And that gets especially enticing if the quarterback that you're willing to select at number five is Anthony Richardson out of Florida because you feel like you have a really good marriage of some time with Geno Smith under contract, but also time for Anthony Richardson, who is really underdeveloped. He has not a lot of reps at all to have the time necessary to be groomed and potentially step over step in in a year or two. So I really like that they've been able to maintain flexibility with their direction at quarterback while still securing Geno Smith for potentially one, two, or three more seasons. Okay, so fact or fiction. Based off of all of the information that we have right now, the Seattle Seahawks are the team best equipped to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender starting three years from now in the NFC West. Mm, It's not the Rams. It ain't the Cardinals. It ain't the Cardinals. The the 49ers have a definitively better roster. But this is also like the third year in which the 49ers don't have a pick until the third round. 
Yeah, don't you feel like for the 49ers it, it really comes back to the development of Trey Lance slash the ability of Brock Purdy to really legitimatize himself as the guy? And f- it, to their credit, they have two paths. I'm not yes. super convinced on either one. I want to be but, clear too. I don't. I don't have a ton of conviction that I think this is is a true statement that Seattle is best position. But you look at the young talent that they have. You look at the opportunity to add and develop a quarterback with Geno as a bridge. I guess coaching is a question. With with, I don't want to get into it with you on Pete Carroll right now because I know your thoughts on old Petey boy. But I like Pete. Pete's an older coach. I believe he's the oldest coach in the NFL. Hammer Bill. So if you're you're looking at an arbitrary three starting three years from now, is, is Pete still going to be here or is there a coaching change that kind of creates some intrigue or mystique that you, you don't know versus Kyle Shanahan? Can Seattle close the gap, on, the gap on the talent that San Francisco has? I think they can continue to close the gap with player development. I don't know that they'll catch them completely in terms of blue chip talent, blue chip talent. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's a compelling thought, interesting thought exercise. They're certainly well-equipped to be one of the best five teams in the NFC for a substantial amount of time with this draft class and the draft class they just had. And that's been the bread and butter for Seattle. What got them to prominence for that stretch with Russell Wilson was those draft classes that got Bobby Wagner and Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman and Malcolm Smith, I mean, just Russell Wilson himself, just crazy good draft classes. Mm-hmm. And it feels like last year with Charles Cross, with Abraham Lucas, with Tariq Ken Walker, Woolen. Tariq Woolen, that you kind of – I mean, yeah. they got a lot to prove before they get into that stratosphere, but they're – But if they, if they hit the top three or four picks of this year's class out of the park, oh. they'll have done the same thing. It's just a question of how high the ceiling is of, for those players. Oh, by the way, Kyle, the Seahawks own picks 5, 20, 37, 52, 83, right. 123, 151, 154, 198. They're loaded. They're loaded. So name name the, their third and fourth picks again. I'm just kidding. 5, 20, 37, 52, They're going to come up for another th- first-round pick. From 37? Yeah. Yeah. Go be, go be aggressive and go get that third first-round pick and – Go get your guy. Loaded. Go get your guy. And if they do, they can stack these draft classes together right. and have another 10 years, man. Right. Where you're going to be good, good for 10-plus wins because that, that was the thing, right? That, I mean, Russell never won less than 10 games as the starting quarterback in a season until this past year or, or the year prior when he got hurt. Yeah, you, you, the Seahawks showed up every year with 10 wins, basically. Yeah, You knew they were going to show up as a divisional – or a wild card round home team. Excuse me, I forgot the wretched season that was 2017 when he led the league in touchdown passes, but the team finished 9 and 7. 9 and 7. That was the only one, really. 11, 13, 12, 10, 10, 9, 10, 11, 12, 6 and 8 in 2021. Heck of a run, by, man. By the way, Pete Carroll will be 74 in three years. I bet he's still there. Really? I bet he is. He's one of those guys just he's acting like he's can't imagine his life there. doing anything else. Right. Right. Certainly feels like it. If you're going to, like, when you as a coach continue beyond 
the quarterback that you feel like was your catalyst, was like your Bill guy. Belichick with Tom yeah. Brady, like he continued. Pete Carroll is continuing post Russell Wilson. Like it says something about your willingness to stick around. Yeah, for sure. Be fascinated to see what that what that looks like in a couple of years, but we'll we'll find out, and we're gonna make sure we're here. Every step along the way, Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast dedicated to team building your teams every day here on the Locked on Network. We appreciate you guys checking out the show. We hope you have a great weekend. We will talk with you all again on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you all again soon.